bench and the people would be sitting out here and so then they would be expecting to sit down right here. Look how great we are and how holy we are. And then when they would come into the marketplace, you know, what does it say? You, Jesus says, you're sitting there going, waiting for people to bow and say how important you were. They kind of forgot Solomon's words, didn't they? In Proverbs that, you know, uh, you know haughtiness and arrogance and pride brings disgrace. But, but then, but humility is wisdom. Woe to you. You know, you're like unmarked tombs. What they had is around Passover time, in order for people to see the tombs, they would whitewash them. And so if you accidentally stepped over one, you were defiled in their ranks by seven days, unclean. And so they would go around washing all those things. But Jesus said, you're like the tombs. You're like the people because you know what you do? You contaminate everybody that's around you. You make them unclean by what you're trying to tell them. And a scribe, or a lawyer, if you will, says, hey, wait a second. Wait a second. You're starting to offend me, too, and, and some of us lawyers here. You know, and, and we're actually in the church. We're paid to study the scriptures. You know, and guess what? We write the laws, we teach the laws, and we judge the laws. And Jesus doesn't even give them a chance. Woe to you. You're burdening the people. You're burdening them so bad that, that, you know, here's these burdens. What do you do? You look at all the laws in the Old Testament and, and add some yourselves. But we have, even there, you have 613 commands. So look at it. 248 positive, thou shalt. And 365 negatives, thou shalt not. You know, and unfortunately you kind of pass over all the gospel in the Old Testament. The part that talks about how we're going to be saved. But instead it's law, 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 burden, 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 Jesus says. And then if we look at it, you know, your dads, when the prophets came and tried to wake them up, they killed them. And now you act like, oh, you're so important, guess what you do? You now have, make all these nice tombs and honor them, but inwardly and under your breath are saying, thank God they're not around here bothering us. Woe to you, Jesus says, because for you've taken away the key of knowledge. You won't even invite yourself into that key, and now you're turning other people off, and they don't understand it at all. You know, this specific knowledge of how we are going to be saved and it's going to be the key is going to be Christ Jesus you know and, and rather what do you do you take all the Old Testament and you just look at it and say here's law here's burden here's law here's burden and then the Messiah he doesn't even turn out to be somebody that's going to save us oh no he's going to be some earthly king that's going to get rid of all the foreign powers in Israel woe to and we could go on and on and on. Jesus did. But you know, as I was reading it, I became a little uncomfortable because sometimes, I don't know about you, but me, I started saying, hmm, how about us? You know, just because I go to church, 
Just because I say I'm a Christian doesn't make me one. All right? Uh, you know, I heard one person once say, he said, just because I stand in a garage doesn't make me a car. Christianity Today, it said the biggest problem, and now this has been a long while ago, but I cut it out because it, it affected me when I read it. It said the number one cause of atheism is Christians. Those who proclaim God with their mouths and deny him with their lifestyle is what an unbelieving world finds simply unbelievable. I think Jesus referred to the Pharisees and the scribes as hypocrites. In a world where image is everything, how does one gauge the value of appearances? Are we defined by how we dress and what we drive? Are we summarized by the size of our homes or the value of a 401k? Do we find our identity in the value of our physical assets? On the surface, we have mastered the art of appearances. In fact, we go to great lengths to maintain a picture-perfect image for whoever may glance our way. The house must be clean, the yard trimmed and neat, our clothes cool and in style. We don't miss a beat. For many of us, our days are spent polishing the surface. We scrub the exterior of life until it shines, finding comfort in the mask of our appearances. But as the demands of image and status vary for our time, it is often easy to overlook the stains that lie hidden inside. Scars of past hurts and pains have been suppressed, unsuitable for public presentation. But there is one who offers to clean us from the inside, reaching deep into our darkest corners and removing the grime that we have allowed to build. We are presented spotless, a vessel capable of containing the love that has changed our lives. The cup is clean, inside and out. See, it's nothing we do because it says all our righteousness are as filthy rags, the scripture says. It says that none is righteous, no, not one. It says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. It says on our best days, we need a Savior. And that's why Jesus says, that's why I came. I came to bring that cross and carry that cross up there. I came to die for you and for me. I came to ride for you and me. And so we can be excited about when we hear that he has risen. Because then John, when he's saying, now don't get it wrong, don't try to do the things and act like you're all that great, but rather what are you supposed to do? Don't say you're not a sinner. You are a sinner. You're always going to be a sinner. 
But now what we do is we come and we say, we confess our sin. And we ask for, in, in faith, that he will cleanse us, John says, from all unrighteousness. See, God formed us. Sin, you know, what did it do? Deform us. And now Jesus transforms us and makes us new inside. Let's pray together. Say together, Lord, help us to remember that we are your children, declared clean by your sacrifice for us. Empower us to put you first in our lives. Forgive us when we fail. Give us the desire to serve rather than to be served. Help us to be a reflection of you in all we do. In your holy name, amen. I want to invite you to stand as we continue with time of prayer.